Okay. Psalm 27. Uh, we're going to start here again. I'm sharing from my heart. I'm not really going to preach. I just want to share something that the Lord has been speaking to me about, and I feel like I need to uh, declare it uh, publicly. And so uh, this is the thing. Um, one version says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Um, the Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? That's what he says in the New American Standard. And this version says, The Lord is my revelation light. Everybody say, revelation light. To guide me along the way. He is the source of my salvation to defend me every day. He is my deliverer every day is what he's saying. I fear no one. I will never turn back and run from you, Lord. Surround and protect me. The evil ones come to destroy me. They will be the evil ones who turn back. My heart will not be afraid, even if an army rises to attack. I know that you are there for me, so I will not be shaken. There is one thing that I crave from God, the one thing I seek above all else. I want the privilege, everybody hear me, I want the privilege of living with him every moment in his house. Finding the sweet loveliness of his face, filled with awe, delighting in his glory and grace. I want to live my life so close to him that he takes pleasure in my every prayer. In his shelter in the day of trouble, that's where you'll find me, for he hides me there in his holiness. He has smuggled me into his secret place where I'm kept safe and secure out of reach of all my enemies. Triumphant now, I bring him my offerings of praise, singing and shouting with ecstatic joy. Yes, listen and you can hear the fanfare of my shouts of praise to the Lord. God, hear my cry. Show me your grace. Show me your mercy and send the help I need. Lord, when you have said to me, seek my face, my inner being responded, I'm seeking your face with all my heart. Okay, we're going to stop there. I want to tell you that David um, was not yet king. He, he, you know, before he was anointed the king, and and he was under attack, and and uh, and we get that feeling. He says, um, um, "God, show me your grace, show me your mercy, and send the help I need." He's in need of help at this point in time. He is totally in need of help, and uh, and then he's still declaring and he's still confessing triumphant now i bring him my offerings of praise sometimes your praise is a sacrifice sometimes it's an offering and you have to come to grips with that you have to praise you have to honor him and you have to rejoice in him when you don't feel like it that's a good word so i'm going to share a little bit of my heart um i was um I was in prayer yesterday for a while, and um, I was praying for a, a few different things, situations uh, with other people, and uh, for other people. And, um, my, and, and the Lord, something was happening in my spirit, and I didn't quite, I couldn't put my finger on it, okay? I couldn't put my finger on what the Lord was actually doing at this moment, okay? I was... 
you know, I was praying in tongues because I really, really didn't know what to pray at this moment. And so as I was praying, I really felt this, that God was drawing me deeper. He was taking me deeper. I have uh, very few friendships, uh, relationships, I will say. Friendships of people that are really close to me, very few. And I do that on purpose, uh, you know, and, you know, I've, I've um, <clears throat> you know, people are there for your journey. And if they're not there for your journey, you just kind of got to go, you know, I'll see you. And, uh, and, and they're not, they, they were a part of the walk, but they're not there now. They're not, they're not for you now. And they, they, they were with you in, in one situation, and now they're gone, which is fine. And so I have, a, I have a very few people that have stood with me along the way. And those are the people that I trust with my, with, with my life. Uh, I have a really good friend in New Jersey, and um, he knows me probably better than anybody uh, ever will. And um, he has seen me really cool. He has seen me ugly. He has seen me um, winning. He has seen me losing. And, uh, and he still loves me. And, um, you know, and I love him with all my heart. I've, I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly with him. And he has seen the good, the bad, and the, I mean, you don't know anybody for 50 years almost and, and not have that kind of uh, feeling. <clears throat> I have a couple of friends here in Reading. Um, and again, this is, this is my, I'm just sharing here, okay? And, um, you may not be in this place that I'm at right now, okay? But, but just understand <clears throat> where I'm coming from. And so in prayer yesterday, the Lord said, uh, and into this morning, he said, come deeper with me. Come closer to me. I'm like, okay, deeper. And inst almost instantly, I had, I had this intrepidation. I was like, I, I want to say on the, on the verge of fearfulness. Because it means another, another layer of my life is going to be stripped. It also means that God is going to fill my heart with who he is. But I, I had like a, this, this intrepidation, like, oh, no. Like, oh, I was afraid because I know what this means. For me, I know what it means. And again, the Lord brought back to my mind Isaiah 35, what I was called to. When I was born again, when I was saved, he called me into this. <clears throat> and, and in front of me is this door. Now, on the other side of the door, I entered the door uh, last year. You know, this, this door has been there my entire life virtually. And, um, and I walked into this door uh, last year. The Lord had asked me in, in, a, in, a, in a session I had, um, <clears throat> as, as people were praying with me, uh, I, I f had the Lord walk me through this field, and he said, will you be my friend? And I said, sure, I'll be your friend. I mean, I thought we were friends. Uh, I said, you know, but, you know, uh, and he goes, you know, and, and I said to him, and I'll, I'll share this. He said, um, I said to him, but Lord, I'm your son. And he goes, yes. I said some other things. And then I said, and I'm your bride. And he goes, yes. And then he said some other things. And, uh, and I said, and I'm your servant. And he goes, yeah. And he said some things. And he says, but I really want you to be my friend. And I said, well, Lord, of course I'll be your friend. 
And so as we were as we were walking through, we came back to this door. This is a three and a half hour uh, time that we had. And on the other side of the, he opens the door and he says, "Come on, I, I walk in." You know, I was afraid and I was intrepid at that point because I knew what was on the other side of the door. It was my calling. It, it's who I'm. It, it's what I'm supposed to be. Okay. And on the other side of the door were these giants of the faith. Many names you'll know. Many some of you probably won't know. Um, and they were there, and they said, "We've been waiting a long time for you. It's time to eat." And my and my limited understanding of what that meant was, was that um, you know I was called into the very things that they are part of. And I know that. I know I'm called into that. I've been afraid of it because I, I know what I'm like. I can't do this alone, man. You know, I don't feel worthy. I don't feel um, uh, that, that I can do it. I don't feel this. How did I say it? I just don't, you know, I mean, why would God trust me with this? Why would God love me in this? Why would God love me enough to do this? And I, you know, I don't have that answer except for the cross. When you think about it, when Jesus was on the cross, he didn't, you know, he, he paid no mind, he paid no attention to the occurrence when it will occur. He, he radically forgave all our sin, radically. You know, he, 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 he made no distinction of time of occurrence. In fact, 2,000 years ago, when Jesus died on the cross, all our sin was in the future. Because he loves us. Understand the love of God, which passes all understanding. The peace of God passes understanding. The love of God is patient. It's kind. It's, it's not envious. It doesn't seek its own. It's not puffed up. It has no bearing on, 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 on what will be returned. God's grace and God's love is radical. It's radical grace. When you don't deserve grace, he's radical in his grace. When you don't deserve to be loved, radically he loves you. I, I don't know if you've seen the... The, uh, the the episodes of the chosen yet, but um, in in in, uh, in episode eight of season one, they were talking to. I mean, they were they were they were um, dealing with with Nicodemus and all through eight eight all of them. Uh, Nicodemus is a part of this thing, and he's a searcher. He's seeking the Lord, and um, and then. Jesus invites him to join him. Now, that's not in the scripture, but it's, you know, according to Jewish historians, that was one of the things. He joined, you know, Jesus had asked him to join him. We have the whole thing of John chapter 3, that whole scene in, in episode 11, uh, 7, episode 7. And, um, and we had that scene with John chapter 3, that whole thing of the G Jesus and Nicodemus by night. And Jesus was revealing things to him. You can read that in John chapter 3. But then Jesus invites him to join them. He said, in five days we're going to leave. Come. I know you're going to have to leave your family. I know that. But come. 
And so in, 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 uh, toward the middle of, uh, of uh, episode eight, he's, um, Jesus is coming down. He's meeting everybody by the, by the well uh, to go. And Nicodemus is behind a wall of this building and he's just weeping. And, um, and they find this bag of gold and, uh, and the implication is that Nicodemus left this bag of gold and Jesus, um, you know, says, take it. I know who gave it to us. And then as they were leaving, he looked at Nicodemus and he says, oh, you were so close. You were so close. He didn't look at him physically, but you can tell that, you know, he knew he was there and he just, he just says, oh, so close. And a lot of times Jesus calls us and he says, whoa, I was so close. Come on. So yesterday Jesus asks me, come deeper, come deeper. Now, God has called me into the prophetic. I'm very, you know, I, I, I operate in the prophetic. I operate in, uh, in empathy. I mean, I, uh, I have a lot of empathy for people. So, um, you know, that's kind of pastoral. Uh, I love the lost, you know, hence the, the song I wrote about, uh, you know, pray the Lord of the harvest. It was from a vision I had uh, last year. And, um, and so I know what I'm called into. You know, evangelism, prophecy, pastoring, you know, teaching. I do some teaching, um, you know, but I, I'm not going to say I function. I'm, I'm, I'm one of those offices. I'm just saying these are things that, well, every Christian should. The apostolic, more administrative, uh, more heaven to earth. The prophet, you know, come to Jesus and, and the evangelist come to Jesus. The prophet, you know, um, I prophetically speak. I'm not, not prophetic. I'm not a prophet, but I prophetically speak to people. I encourage them. I build them up. I'm not, a, I'm not ashamed anymore. I always tried to hide that. I am who I am. I, I just encourage people. I love people. I build them up. I teach them. Let's go. We can make this one more step. We can do this. God's still working on a lot of things in my life. I don't have a problem with that. One thing I've desired of the Lord, and that's what I'm going to seek after, that I may dwell in his house all the days of my life. That doesn't mean I'm going to go to church all the days of my life. His house, the Bible says that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So his body is our house. And we need to live in it. And I go back to this all the time. My friend uh, in, in Malawi, uh, Tanil Jane, we, we were having an interview. I got to have another interview with her. Anyway, um, we were doing this interview. And, and, and she said that when she was 11, uh, she asked Jesus into her heart. But then as she was growing, you know, she, her, her life went different directions. And then when she was 31, she said, Jesus, I want to live in your heart. We have to come to that place. Right. We don't go to supernatural ministry schools. We don't go to these different conferences to get the tingles and to get the I was there uh, banner. Stop it. Come get filled so that you can be who God's asked you to be. Please understand, I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just saying. So God asked me, you know, 
So, so yesterday in prayer, he says, come deeper with me. In other words, he was saying, seek my face. And my soul cried out, Lord, your face I will seek. One thing I've desired of the Lord, that is what I'm going to seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. That I may gaze upon his beauty and behold the beauty of the Lord. Because in that moment, and we talked about it yesterday, in that moment of intimacy with God, of coming to know him, that word know means to have an intimate knowledge, to be very intimate with it. And, it, and, and, and it's not something that you, that, that, that this just passing, it's in your brain. It's something that has overtaken your life. He says the, the knowledge, the intimacy, the intimate knowledge, the, the um, experiential knowledge of the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. That's the same word that he uses in Daniel 11.32, the second part. He says that my people may be intimately acquainted with me, have an intimate knowledge of me, so that I can fill them with my strength, so that they can go out and do exploits. Why have we come to a place where sickness is accepted? Oops, stepped on somebody's toe there. I hate sickness. I hate death. Friend of mine, 31 years old, dies on a Friday, Friday afternoon. 31. I had a friend... Um, he was 26 years old. We were the same age. 26 years old, he dies of cancer. My father died of cancer. My mother died of a couple things. Doesn't that piss you off? Doesn't that get you mad? It's time to rise up and be the, be the, 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 the roaring lion that we're supposed to be. Church, rise up. And I don't talk, I'm not talking about a building. I'm talking about a lifestyle of people who are the church. Rising up and roaring like the lion. Aslan is on the move. God, the lion of the tribe of Judah, is moving. He's roaring. And we're fighting over politics on Facebook. We have to make sure that we get that little word in there. I've been filtering out uh, people on Facebook, you know, because I don't really want to argue. I, don't get, I didn't get on Facebook to argue with anybody, really. I didn't get on Facebook to see what people are eating for lunch either. So-and-so got a new car, this and that and the other thing. That's what I got on Facebook for. This is why I was on Facebook. YouTube. I'm practicing so that when, 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 when God launches me into a radio ministry... 
I, I, I kind of have a familiarity. A familiarity, is that the word? I'm familiar with the process. I'm familiar with a microphone. It's nerve-wracking. I love comedy. But the Lord's called us deeper, calls me deeper. I want to know you. He wants to know us. We have a commission. I've talked about the commission. Matthew 28, the Great Commission. Matthew 10. I'm telling you all this because it's time. I'm afraid, scared of what lies ahead. Not like I'm cowering away from it, but it is so intense and I know that I can't do it alone. I desperately need God. I need some people to come around. I need physical helpers. And God is going to bring them. Someday all of my actions will be perfect. Well, like I said the other day, if you're looking for a perfect Christian, don't go, you know, don't go to the church. I told you I had a friend. Oh, the church is full of hypocrites. That's why I don't go. I said, yeah, the bars are full of hypocrites. That's why I don't go. God is restoring his call in your life. That thing that was determined when you were born, when you were conceived, God breathed something into you. I'm going to read this quickly. I wasn't going to, but I'm going to now. It's Jeremiah chapter 1, and this is also part of what I was called to. And, uh, and I want to read this. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you, and I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Alas, O Lord, behold, I don't know how to speak, because I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Don't say I'm a youth, because everywhere I send you, you shall go. And all that I command you, you shall speak. And we get sidetracked. I got sidetracked. I tried to start churches. I tried to do all this other stuff. And all God really wanted from me was to use me. Those of you who are in Latvia know that I love that country deeply. It's very deep. And I'm going to be coming back once this thing that every you know once this thing clears up. Uh, some people call it the election disease, the pandemic, or the spamdemic.
God is big. We're small. God has given us through the cross the victory over sickness and death. Death, where is your sting? Grave, where is your victory? And I don't apologize for what God's called me into. The men that were in that room that I told you about before, that were on the other side of the door, if I told you their names, you'd flip out. Now, I don't know if I'm going to be a peer with them or if what I'm called into is as intense as them. I just want to know Jesus like they knew him. I want to know Jesus. I want to know the lover of my soul intimately, deeper. I want to know him like Catherine Coleman knew him. I want to know him like William Seymour knew him. I want to know him like John G. Lake knew him. I want to know him like my former pastor Floyd Earlywine knew him. I want to know him like, like men today, Bill Johnson, Michael Koulianos, Benny Hinn. I want to know him like they know him. And I want to go deeper than they've ever gone. Not for me, but because I love him. He's the lover of my soul. I want to read these words to you in closing. Jesus, lover of my soul, let me to thy bosom fly. While the nearer waters roll, while the tempest still is high. Hide me, O oh my Savior, hide until the storm of life is past. Safe into the haven guide, or receive my soul at last. Other refuge have I none, hangs my helpless soul on thee. Leave, ah, leave me not alone, still support and comfort me. All my trust on thee is staked, all my help from thee I bring. Cover my defenseless head with the shadow of thy wing. Wilt thou not regard my call? Wilt thou not accept my prayer? Lo, I sink, I faint, I fall. Lo, on thee I cast my care. Reach me, uh, reach me out thy glorious hand while I of thy strength receive. Hoping against hope I stand, dying, and behold, I live. Thou, O Christ, art all I want. I love this. More than all in thee I find. Raise the fallen, cheer the faint, heal the sick, lead the blind. Just and holy is thy name, source of all true righteousness. Thou art evermore the same. Thou art full of truth and grace. Plenteous grace with thee is found. Grace to cover all my sin. Let the healing streams abound. Make and keep me pure within. Thou of life the fountain art, freely let me take of thee. Spring thou up within my heart. Rise to all eternity. Charles Wesley wrote that song back in 18, sorry, 
uh, Charles Wesley wrote that song back in 1740. Thou, O Christ, are all I want, more than all in thee I find. This is my calling. Raise the fall and cheer the faint, heal the sick, lead the blind. Anyway, you guys are great. God bless you. Um, yeah, God bless you. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.